welcome to the Pandemic Exposure Podcast with me, Barney Venable. This is an attempt on some kind of commentary on some of the ways that this COVID-19 pandemic and the chaos ensuing it are challenging some of our culture's worldviews, what questions it might raise for us, and what it might be exposing about who we are, what we believe, and what we value. Last week we looked at the theme of control, how it's something that we like to have in our lives, but really we're not as in control as we may like to think we are, and looked a bit at whether there's actually a way to live where we don't need to have control over everything that happens in our lives. And maybe that's okay. And this week we're going to look at the theme of worship. Worship we think of as something that religious people do, maybe once a week in a particular place. But really we've all got things that we worship. Things we give our time, our energy, our focus to. And we're going to look at what we see about what we worship in a time like this. Since home isolation started, so much of our travel time has been saved. When will I listen to podcasts now? So many social plans have been shaved down to occasional Zoom calls or just good old-fashioned family time. If you're anything like me, you have a horrific inability to calculate how long it will take for any given plan. It's easy to underestimate how long it will take to get somewhere or time you'll need to just rest and chill afterwards. But for many of us, Every hour of every day is now this rest and chill time. We're left with just what we can do in the home, often by ourselves. And this is all we have to fill the gap that was left by all the things we used to do. Remember that feeling when you started staying home? How long the days felt and how you didn't know how you'd fill them? Many of us either still feel that, or if we don't, it's because we filled them with something else. So it raises the question, well, what have we given our time to? Hopefully this time is being used for rest, for creativity, for focus, for investing in family relationships. I hope that many families are relishing this time, bonding over games and walks together. I hope that creative people are able to give time to their craft and that the Instagram live home concerts keep coming. I hope that busy people, so everyone, right? are able to rest and to learn to feel free, to be bored. But it's also a great time for the damaging things in our life to take more of a hold over us. Think about money. Jobs and future uncertainty can cause us to cling more tightly to what we've got. Or take sex. Boredom, frustration and internet access are a great recipe for increased porn access, as the stats have shown since the lockdown. Success. The visual comparison that social media brings is exaggerated. It's now the only lens through which we see our friends and how they're coping with quarantine, how good a time they're having. And we can find ourselves trying to win lockdown or at least not lose it. And happiness. Our culture's love for the self, for self-care, can tempt us to look for happiness as an end in itself. Home workouts for our bodies, social media-induced dopamine for our brains and sugar for our cravings. The danger is that these things that we can so easily idolise, the things that we can place this godlike significance on to give us happiness or meaning, 
these things that we worship, can become even more powerful. More than ever, perhaps, we're looking in on ourselves, being alone and being unaccountable to friends, to schedules, to discipline, and all in the freedom of time, if not space. Whilst the obviously bad stuff, the addictions, the destructive behaviours, may seem the most dangerous things to give our time to, the reality is this. Seemingly good or bad, anything which we treat as if it had ultimate significance and meaning in our lives, anything which we worship, is going to sell us short, unless that thing is God. Tim Keller, in his hugely popular book, Counterfeit Gods, notes this. We think idols are bad things, but that's almost never the case. The greater the good, the more likely we are to expect that it can satisfy our deepest needs and hopes. Anything can serve as a counterfeit god, especially the very best things in life. We, humans, are experts at making good things, god things. It's what we do. We take gifts that God's given us to enjoy, love, success, our possessions, our family, and give our lives and our self-worth to them instead of to the one who made them. We've got to be real with ourselves. Good or bad, what are the gods in our lives? The things we worship. For the rich man who spoke to Jesus that we mentioned last week, it was wealth. For students, it might be pursuing a career dream. For many young adults, it's porn or sex, drinking or finding love. For liberals, it might be more freedom, rights, diversity and equal opportunity. In fact, for most of Western culture, it's probably well-being and happiness, closely followed by anything we can get our hands on to give us that. So, the newest thing an ad is gently convincing us we need. A health craze for feeling great in your body. Or just close relationships with family, friends and neighbours. But anything outside of its rightful place is a threat. Evil, destructive things will always bring evil and destruction, but even good things can cause damage when put in the wrong place, at the top. And yet, thousands of people across the world are looking to God more than ever, spending longer times in prayer for friends, our nation, the world, worshipping him with music and then recording it and putting it on Instagram, looking to the Bible, the word of God, for peace, wisdom and truth and finding it, working intentionally to maintain church family connections with more Bible studies and prayer groups than they ever had time for before, exclusively on Zoom, it seems, not an ad. They're putting God in his rightful place, above everything the world can offer but which can never fulfil our deepest longing, to find rest in the unconditional love of God. Will we worship the one true God? or a counterfeit God. When I think about where I've tried to find fulfillment in the world, it feels like it works at the time, whether it's a quick 10 second dopamine hit on a mobile phone, or more like hours if you ask me on a bad day, a whole day filled with fun and joy maybe, or even great years where I've found meaning and enjoyment. But without God, it still feels like there should be more. Saint Augustine famously wrote, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. In fact, when we truly realise this, we become able to enjoy everything in this world in its rightful place. Quote, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, as Paul writes in Ephesians 5 verse 20. 
What if, instead of all the counterfeit gods we clutter our lives with, we were only meant to have one God, the God of the Bible, who made us and loves us and died our death for us? He wants to be everything we need to take the place of God in our lives and our hearts, if only we would let him. Taking the very words of Jesus of Nazareth in Matthew chapter 22, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. Yes, this will be an opportunity to close in ties with family members, to focus on some self-care, some self-progression, to slow down, maybe read a bit more. But we shouldn't worship these things as if they're the sole purpose of life. Is there not more to life than doing things or feeling good and drowning ourselves in escapist or addictive, damaging behaviours is hardly going to help us? It's our choice. Where will we look to fill this new void of time and opportunity? Where will we give our thoughts, our time, our lives? What will we choose to worship? I remember before lockdown was even a serious conversation, just hypothesising with a friend on whether if we were all locked inside alone for weeks on end, would we become more or less like Jesus? And I think that decision is very much in our hands. For me, as I formulate these thoughts, it can be easy for them to remain as concepts, ideologies, but for me this week, I've been doing some more personal reflection on just the idea of control from last week. Learning to kind of let go, learning that the weight of the world isn't upon you, that some things you can just let go of and they'll either happen anyway or maybe they weren't supposed to happen. And just learning to try and operate within what is my remit, what is what I want to control. And I hope that that's something you're able to do as well as you challenge the things you're liable to worshipping this week and as we take intentional steps towards thriving in this time of crisis. I'm recording these on a week-by-week basis, sort of in response to the way I see things unfolding at the moment. So if you have any insights or thoughts in relation to what we're seeing at the moment, do get in contact on social media or message myself. Thanks for listening to Pandemic Exposure.